More than 1,100 people are dead after Hamas attacked Israel this weekend. So far, more than 400 Palestinians have been killed in retaliatory attacks. Hamas came by air. Militants on paragliders soared through the sky, shooting down at Israelis below. They also fired more than 5,000 rockets. Hamas came by land. They rounded up more than 100 hostages. Hamas came by sea. Their boats invaded the coastline of the Gaza Strip. Israel declared a state of war, something that hasn't happened in more than 50 years. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said, quote, there will be a mighty vengeance for this black day. Drama between Israel and Palestine isn't new. But before we point blame at Joe Biden, let's go over a bit of history about this century-old conflict. Palestine and Israel have been fighting for the same 49-square-mile piece of land, Jerusalem. It's a sacred holy city for both Muslims, which is the dominant religion in Palestine, and for Jews, which dominate Israel. They both feel entitled to it, and thus the squabble begins. Palestine was controlled by the Ottoman Empire for over six centuries. Then, after World War I, the League of Nations put Palestine under the administrative control of Britain. After World War II, the United Nations divided Palestine into two sections, an independent Jewish state and an independent Arab state. The holy city of Jerusalem would be an international territory governed by the UN. This would only last for a year. On the day it expired, Israel declared its independence, but didn't declare its borders. The Arab-Israeli War of 1948 broke out after five Arab nations, Syria, Jordan, Egypt, Iraq, and Lebanon, joined with Palestine in the fight. In the end, Israel gained some of the land originally given to Palestinians in the UN agreement. Israel took everything but the Gaza Strip, East Jerusalem, and the West Bank. The Arab nations surrounding Israel refused to recognize Israel. This lasted for about 25 years. Then the Six-Day War broke out. Israel won and gained the Sinai Peninsula, the Gaza Strip, the West Bank, East Jerusalem, and most of the Golan Heights. However, the international community did not recognize Israel's new borders. The United States recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel only a few years ago under President Trump, making the U.S. the first country to have ever done so. In 1982, part of Israel's borders were formalized when it entered into a peace treaty with Egypt and gave it back the Sinai Peninsula. Israel still holds on to the West Bank and East Jerusalem. Palestine wants this pre-1967 land back, but Israel still occupies it. Nearly 10% of Israelis' entire population live in the area secured by the 1967 land grab. This land is the main contention that prevents Israel and Palestine from making a peace deal. Questions about borders, who gets Jerusalem, Palestinian refugees, and fears of terrorism all confound this problem even further. The country of Jordan has since relinquished its claim to the West Bank. But Palestine won't give up, seeing it as the land of their future state. Israel doesn't even consider the West Bank official Israeli territory, instead calling it a disputed territory. This limbo land is a mashup of over 130 settlements, containing both Palestinians and Israelis. Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has been talking about annexing the West Bank for several years, making it a part of Israel officially. In June, this annexation began, and Prime Minister Netanyahu moved to civilianize their occupation of the territory. The tensions between these two countries are always hot, even if it's salient. So, fights beget fights, and this cycle continues over who should control the land. This is where Biden comes into play. When will Joe Biden learn his lesson? If you help Israel's enemies, they will come after Israel. 
The first time Biden fumbled foreign policy in regards to Israel came in April of 2021. The Biden administration announced it was going to restore aid to Palestine, more than $230 million worth of aid. The package was said to fund humanitarian, economic, and development assistance. This was part of Biden's promise to move away from President Trump's Palestine-Israel policies. Almost all aid to Palestine was eliminated during President Trump's administration. You may think that money from the United States couldn't have a direct link to Palestinians killing Israelis, but you'd be wrong. The Palestine Authority, the governing body of that state, guarantees salaries to any Palestinian who commits an act of terror against Israel's government or innocent civilians. This is commonly referred to as pay for slay. They spend over $300 million a year on this policy, and their salaries are significantly higher than the wages of an average Palestinian. That's quite the incentive. This practice is so well known that Congress passed the Taylor Force Act in 2018. This cuts off U.S. funding to the Palestine Authority unless they stop paying terrorists. Biden agreed with this, at least when he was running for office. In May of 2020, he said, quote, I'm going to fully support the Taylor Force Act, which holds aid to the Palestinian Authority based on payments they make to terrorists in Israeli jails. Less than a year later, he would give $235 million of funding directly to the Palestine Authority. The money was earmarked for humanitarian efforts. However, many contended at the time it was dangerous to send the aid, especially in light of Palestine's pay-for-slay incentive. Senator Ted Cruz even warned us about the danger that Biden's flip-flop would create. In a Senate hearing just over a month before the bombings that took place in 2021, Senator Cruz said, quote, We're sending American taxpayer funds so they can fund terrorists, and as a result of Joe Biden's decision, Americans will die, Israelis will die. This money that Joe Biden is sending to terrorists will be used to commit more acts of terrorism, to incentivize terrorists, to murder women, to murder children. Fast forward two years later, and it's deja vu. The attack over the weekend was orchestrated by Hamas. The group formed in 1987 out of the Muslim Brotherhood. Although Hamas is a Sunni Muslim group, it has a militant wing. This faction is cozy with Iran as both countries share a deep hatred towards Israel. As a result, Hamas has received funding from Iran. Now here's how Republicans are blaming President Biden for this recent attack in Israel. Just last month, his administration brokered a deal with Iran. They would give us five U.S. citizens that were prisoners, and in return, we would unfreeze $6 billion of frozen assets held in Doha, Qatar. Since Iran recently received billions of dollars and Hamas is funded by Iran, the conservatives are saying Biden is partially, if not completely, responsible for this attack. Now, the administration denies this allegation. They claim no money in the account has been spent. Officials also say the money was not U.S. taxpayer dollars, but instead payments Iran received from South Korea for oil. If they try to do anything else with the money, the U.S. will step in and freeze the cash once again. And we know how good Washington is at managing and spending money, so I'm sure nothing will go wrong there. Now, Iranian President Ibrahim Raisi has said his country would spend the money, quote, wherever we need it. So I think that tells you how the $6 billion will be spent. Now, President Donald Trump warned this very thing would happen. Biden's ransom payment will be immediately used to stoke violence, bloodshed, and mayhem throughout the Middle East and all around the world, costing countless innocent lives. Talk about a warning. But I doubt the mainstream media will hold Uncle Joe accountable and if they do, he'll probably just say, Come on, man. What are we talking about? 